0: and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship and sex alchemist, Milica Jelanić.
1: Hello, everyone. Guess what? If you're listening right now, I'm going to call you a pleasure seeker. So for the rest of the show, if I'm like, hey, pleasure seekers, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you because you're listening to this show, and that means that you're seeking something different, and you're seeking pleasure, and you have curiosity about pleasure and sex and intimacy. So when I refer to you as pleasure seeker, then you just like, go. Oh, that's right. That's me. I'm a pleasure seeker. I'm seeking something different. Tonight's show is uh, proving to be quite fun. It's episode 250. That's 249 episodes before this one, if this is the only episode you've listened to and you're like, that was crazy awesome, at the end of it go on and check out my other 249, like it on all the outlets you can find it on post comments, write me letters I love getting feedback from people and I've been getting more and more feedback lately which is fantastic and beautiful and I love that, so what has me talking about sex is my love of talking about sex so much so that I've uh, recently chosen to uh, put it out to the world that I am offering to gift whoever has the daring and the, well, yeah, I'll just go with the daring. I was going to say balls, but we know that the, just not requiring balls to be gutsy. Gutsy, maybe having the guts to... Say yes to me to a half an hour session. I'm going to mention this a few times in this episode. But if you're like, I'd like to have a half hour session with that crazy lady who does crazy talking about pleasure. And if you'd like to have a gift for me to increase more pleasure in your life and your sex life. And I dare you to contact me. You can find me on different social media outlets. I know that some people have contacted me through Facebook, friended me, gave me the message, hey, I heard your show. I'm taking you up on this offer. So congratulations um, if you are listening and you're one of those people who have said yes. I have to give you kudos for being super brave to saying yes to somebody that you really just don't know. You don't even know pretty much what I look like other than maybe some pictures, but you only know me from the podcast. You only know me from listening to my show. So I have to say that was super, super brave of you. And for those of you who are thinking, yeah, I can be that brave. I can call her up and I can ask for a 30 minute session about having more pleasure in my life. That would be fantastic. It would bring me super joy to, to work with you and coach you into having more, you know, greater fun and greater sex and way more intimacy in your life. So, today uh, we have a special topic for episode 250, and I say it's a special topic because I'm going to be talking about some things in this episode that I want to give a fair warning that some of this episode is really probably not appropriate for people who are not mature. I'm not going to say children because I know that it's a topic that my daughter could handle and she's almost 12. It's a topic she could handle um, because I like to create awareness in our lives, Um, but it's maybe not a topic that even some adults would want to hear about. And why I am saying that is because I will be talking about some things that are legal and illegal um, that come about paraphilias and some of those illegal ones uh, do involve um, children for example like so like pedophilia so and I think you know it's really important for kids especially to be aware that not all affection that's coming at them is affection that is is just from a place of kindness that they can be able to distinguish when somebody's a creep or a creep in them out and that they have permission to be aware of that kind of pedophilia energy and if they don't if they don't have awareness of it and they don't know about it then the creeps can show up and you don't really know that the creeps are showing up so i just want to mention that if you're kind of you know squeamish about uh listening to things that might involve illegal stuff or whatever this might not be your show so i just want to let you know so i can already give give you a disclaimer and you can run now if you'd like. And if you are intrigued, paraphilias are very wide-ranging topics. They don't it's not just about, you know, pedophilia, although that's one of the most commonly known ones and um what are let, let's start with like what are paraphilias? So there are several definitions of paraphilias, but what I really want to look at is I want to look at it from the standpoint of when, you know, how do you know if you have a paraphilia compared to just something that you enjoy or what are the differences? Um, so uh, truly paraphilia is considered something that is more of an emotional disorder that's defined as sexually arousing, like fantasies or urges or different um in- different things that recur in your life and they also have to reoccur over a certain number of uh, a certain amount of time right so it has to reoccur for at least six months and it also has to to cause significant distress or interfere with your life in the same way that you know if you're an alcoholic or something or if you have an addiction of some kind then the addiction would affect a different part of your life where if you have one drink at home and you're, you know, just hanging out. It's not tearing your life apart where you're not functioning. So, when we look at the true, true definitions, diagnostic definitions of paraphilia as a disorder, it would interfere with your life. And there are several other things as well. There are different reasons behind it as far as, you know, doctors have evaluated. Um, and, and that's all fine and good, and we might tap into a little bit of that as well. But what I'd really like to get clear on is what makes a paraphilia legal and what makes it illegal. So paraphilia is in themselves, so para means basically like pre, pre or before, and philia means love. So something that's like most, my most easiest way to describe it is something that has a massive love attachment. And generally that there's arousal involved as well. So the Merck Manual, when they describe, uh, and you can look up Merck Manuals online if you like. They have a lot of dia- diagnostic um, explanations for things. So their explanation is that paraphilic disorders are recurrent, intense, sexually arousing fantasies, urges, or behaviors that are distressing or disabling, and that involve inanimate objects, children, or non-consenting adults, or suffering or humiliation of oneself or the partner with the potential to cause harm. So, that's a pretty inclusive, when you look at that, a pretty inclusive category. So, when you look at it as a paraphilic disorder with inanimate objects, I know there are some people who, and we've talked about it on this show before, like objectophilia, there are some people who are very in love with objects, like a woman who tried to marry the Eiffel Tower, or she did marry it, and then they rescinded her marriage to the Eiffel Tower. So like things like objectophilia would land in one of the paraphilias. So any of those those terms that end in philia fall into the category of paraphilias. So some of the things, um, for example, you know, you can have arousal to, you know, different objects, like maybe art really turns you on. You walk through a museum and you see beautiful sculptures and naked bodies of people that have been in, you know, in marble or something and you feel aroused. Well, that might be a moment where you have an arousal moment. It's not something that maybe for the next five, you know, five and months and 30 days, you keep going back to the same museum and your body continually has the same arousal effect. That would be where there becomes the disorder starts to kick in. So it's something that goes and continues for a six-month period for it to become a disorder. Otherwise, I mean, there are categories where anybody who, to me, this is my opinion, this is not in the Merck manual, my opinion is somebody who has had a sexual relations with a minor without them having any consent or even, um, you know, you assuming that there's been consent, however they're minor, To me, if you've had that, um, there is something going on with pedophilia for you. So something to consider uh, is what are your definitions of what is acceptable behavior and what isn't. Um, For me, anything that involves non-consent is not acceptable behavior. And I don't have a lot of rules in my life, but if somebody doesn't consent to it or if they're too young to consent to it, that I'm not okay with. So, for those of you who are listening and you think you might get aroused by me talking about, you know, children, you're in the wrong show. So, that's not where we're going. We are going to talk about some paraphilias, though, that are intriguing and that might be things that you never even thought about or things that you didn't realize that maybe you have an interest in, but they haven't gone as far as a paraphilic disorder. They're not ruining your life, they're not taking over your life. So, Remember, again, the things that qualify as a paraphilia would be if they are intense and persistent, if they cause significant distress or impairment in, say, for example, um, social areas occupationally, if it's ruining your job, if um, it's ruining your health, your family, and if it harms others, if it harms somebody, whether it's... And by harming others, let's get really clear on that category, it would be harming people who are non consenting adults or children. So that is actually really common where there are these paraphilias that are for non consenting people. However, there are these strange gray categories where things like masochism kick in that are sometimes in the same category. So sometimes things like masochism and sadism uh, get thrown into the same category as paraphilias. However, it's, again, in those conditions with sadism and masochism, generally speaking, the people who are involved in that are consenting adults. So if you're not familiar with sadism and masochism, I have done shows on that before. You might want to look up things on BDSM. Um, I may do some more on those as well. Uh, and so basically, masochism is where you enjoy being having physical harm done to your body or being embarrassed or being um, humiliated or taunted or any of that. Uh, sadism is where you enjoy gifting the taunting, the harm, uh, and that sort of thing. Both of them named after men. So, sadism was named after Count de Sade, and then uh, masochism was named after, uh, I believe he was an aristocrat. (laughs) I'll check that out for sure. But I know that his last name was very uh, interesting, and it was like Austrian. Um, I'll find that in a second. And, yeah, so... So those things, those two things, sadism and masochism, tend to fall. Yes. Yeah, so masochism, was named after Leopold von Sacher-Masoch, um, he was alive from 1836 to 1895. In case you were wondering. So they are considered paraphilias when you're talking about them from uh, a coaching standpoint of sex and ma- like sex and intimacy. However, they don't fall into the same category necessarily when you're talking from a psychological disorder standpoint. So there, there are, there are some sort of discerning lines here that I want to be really clear on for those of you who are listening and you're like, well, I have this thing and maybe I have the issue, uh, maybe I have a disorder. You, it's one of those things that if you truly feel you have a disorder, absolutely seek some professional advice, go to a psychiatrist or psychologist. They can determine that and they can determine a course of action for treatment. There are different treatments involved. Some of them are cognitive behavioral therapy, um, also known as CBT, which ironically is also the word for cock and ball torture. Strange but true. So (laughs) weird how that is, but there's, there's so many different ways for people to be having these uh, situations of paraphilia or these disorders be able to be either managed or dealt with or um, usually there's some retraining of the brain going on. And how effective they are, uh, I would say, probably not that effective. Um, But I'm only going with what people probably report saying, yeah, yeah, that works for me. Um, probably saying that just so they can go back to their paraphilia and not have to deal with the therapy or treatment. That's my perspective on it. That is not something that's written out there in the world. Just so you know, that's my perspective. All right. We are going to talk more about paraphilias, kind of list some of the funny, fun ones that are out there, play with some of the ones that are Uh, that I already mentioned that are illegal, and we're going to dive more into that. So um, if you are curious, if you're like, do I have a paraphilia? What's going on with me? Uh, Stay tuned. So you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial.
0: Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melissa every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? This is The Pleasure Zone, with sensual movement artist Milica Jelanić. To participate in the program today from the U.S., call 815-880-TALK. That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Or send your questions or comments via email to... Info at MilitaYelinch dot com. Now back to the program.
1: Hello, 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 sweet pleasure seekers. Welcome to the pleasure zone where we're diving into common and uncommon paraphilias today. Just before the break, I was kind of giving you the lowdown on paraphilias. What what are the psychological Assessments for having it be a disorder. What are some of the things to be aware of? So, if it's something that you're experiencing and you're like, I don't know if I have an issue and I need some psychological assessment. Remember, has to be persistent. Has to be um, there. There's definitely uh, things that need to be present so that there's intensity and persistence of these um, interests. And that they cause significant distress or impairment in different areas of your life, like your social life, your occupation, um, or different things like family or the way that you function, like does it take up your whole night where you just can't go to sleep? Um, Or also, do they have any harm of others like children or non-consenting adults? If you fall into those categories, those two things are required, and if those two things are present that you've had them for more than six months some of these things they're saying um, then that is something for you to consider to go get psychological assistance with there are other ones that are a little more playful and they don't disturb your life as much but they are kind of fun for example some of us may have tendencies rather than like paraphilic tendencies and not disorders so a paraphilic tendency for me for example I'm a bit of an exhibitionist, and I love to go out in my field naked and just have fun. That would be a bit of an exhibitionist tendency. I don't do it every day. It doesn't disturb my life, and it doesn't uh, you know, disturb the health of my family or, or the welfare of uh, anybody that I know. So in that sense, it's actually not a paraphilic disorder. It's more of like a paraphilic tendency or preference, just something I enjoy. So there are maybe some things that you enjoy and they turn you on and they don't consume your life. And that's the topic that I want to dive into now are some sort of paraphilic tendencies that are not so much disorders. We kind of covered those. The disorders are ones that you can definitely get arrested for. Exhibitionism, if I did it in the city, is something I could get arrested for. Boyerism, something you can get arrested for being the peeping Tom and looking in people's windows, definitely illegal. Um, Sex with children, definitely illegal. Sex with non-consenting adults, definitely illegal. Um, And you know what's weird? I bet that there are people listening in some countries around the world who are like, sex with children are illegal, because there are still places in the world that it's totally legal to have sex with children. And that's not today's show, but um, that is still um, something that comes up in some places in the world where there has not been laws written about that you you know you could still be a child bride so in north america and that's where the i live it is illegal and so again some countries have different rules around things for example if you go to greece and you go on a beach it's complete and many beaches it's very legal to walk around naked and it's not that it's a naked beach even necessarily, because their naked beaches are right beside the non-naked beaches. It's just like if you're on this side of the line that you can totally look over because there's no wall. There's no Trump did not build the wall between those those beaches. You can look over and you can see the naked people, or you can look on the other side and see the people with clothes on. So, you know, exhibitionism is pretty common in a lot of places in the world where, you just are naked. There are tribes in the world where people walk around uh, essentially naked, bare-breasted, or even, you know, their clothes are not where they are. The difference is, is that that is their society and how they operate in their society. And it hasn't become taboo to be naked. So it hasn't created uh, a paraphilia for people don't necessarily get aroused in their communities by seeing other naked people. It's just their way of life. So being in they don't really necessarily have exhibitionism going on and they don't necessarily have voyeurism going on because it's what they're in all the time. It's where we started to make um nudity very wrong and where we started to make uh seeing nudity very wrong that we start to get these these tendencies that can develop into disorders over time. So those some of those most common ones that I mentioned also um uh, under the Merck Manual and some other descriptions for psychological disorders, transvestitism is one of those other ones that is considered a paraphilic disorder if it's interfering in your life again. Um if you're, you know, at home and you're having your transvestite um life and it's not interfering in anything, then it's not considered a disorder. And I think my awareness on this is the more that we're becoming fluid with our sexuality, the more that we are fluid with the way that we present ourselves, the less we require labels uh, to identify ourselves sexually, the less we have to say, I'm a lesbian, I'm bisexual, I'm transsexual. I'm The less we have a, a requirement to identify or label ourselves so that we either feel like we belong, but at the same time when we do that, we create separation. It's so confusing. I'm part of this group, but now I'm excluding myself from this area. So once we start to create all these labels and we create all this mass confusion, then there's also this thing where we become, like, as that's going on, I think there's also a time coming where there's going to be so many labels that even the labels dissolve. So, uh, from what I understand, I think it's New York right now has, they are like, have like 50 different categories to sexually identify. I haven't looked at all of them, but I think they, they have so far the most ways that you could sexually identify. And I don't know what all the letters are. It would be like a page full of letters to explain all of the options. My question is, is what if... What if you're just, you know, you got this amazing experience with the body and you're here to experience pleasure, and uh, if you're keeping it legal and consensual, then, hey, by legal, I mean that it's consensual. Um, Hey, what's the issue? So that's my interesting opinion on that. And... Let's get to some of the funny and fun paraphilias out there. There are some pretty funny ones out there. And if you're looking for something like just a funny description to go through, there is something called the alphadictionary.com. And they have an article in there on philias, which they kind of just rewrote the phobias list into philias. And it's funny to see because they have so many things like, uh, for example... One of the ones in here is like called uh, chromatophilia, which would be the sexual attraction, the intense sexual attraction to monkeys. And it keeps you so preoccupied that you don't go to work. And you, maybe you're like watching monkey videos all day long, like monkeys in the zoo, monkeys, you know. Monkeys get horny too and masturbate. So maybe you're into like watching masturbating monkeys all day long and you forget that you have to go to work and so you're sidetracked. So that's a possibility, right? So if that's... I don't know personally anybody who's sidetracked by monkeys, but I'm saying it's possible. So just because that word exists, anything is possible and I'm sure other things are possible too. And there are people who get turned on by being ridiculed, um, sort of like the embarrassment side of things. And there's a word for that, too, called uh, catagelophilia. So many great words, right? Um, being turned on by jumping would be like catopedophilia. Interesting, right? And then I've mentioned one of these on the show before because I just I love the word and it cracks me up, but I'm not into it. I'm, it's not my thing. But coprophilia, which is um, the intense sexual arousal from feces, I just enjoy saying coprophilia uh, here and there and everywhere because it's a fun word to know. And how many times can I slip that into a conversation? Not that often, but when I can, you know I will. Coprophilia, well, today I was at the store and I wasn't really feeling in the mood for coprophilia you see you can just slip that into conversation here and there and people are like copra what exactly <laughs> so there is a like a really it, it can be really funny to to uh explore these these um these different philias for sure and so there are really really common ones as well like you know some people are turned on by the smell of others and uh, things like that and some people are turned on by filth even or bacteria and you could be a bacteriophilia you could be somebody who's totally turned on by gravity that's a barophilia like isn't that fun it just gets better and better so this one is I feel true for me as a, not as a disorder, but true for me as in something that is a tendency that I have. Um, and then the thing is called bromidrophilia or bromidrosophilia. And I'll get that name in the chat so you can see it. Bromidrosophilia is actually where you get turned on by body smells. And I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sensory and I love, love the smell of, of bodies. So for me, bodies are like the different nuances, the different smells. Um, there are some body smells that I don't enjoy and, and it doesn't mean farts. Like I, my daughter can fart and I can handle it, but there are some body smells that sometimes I feel almost like, uh, like a rejection or something to it Uh, but I work with a lot of people who are sick as well so in my day job I work with um, between working with people on sex and intimacy coaching I also work with people on their wellness and their health and looking at different aspects of all of their lives and sometimes people are very ill and they do have a smell about them and for me it's never fun to smell um, somebody with like necrosis in their body. Uh necrosis would be where their body flesh is rotting. That's not attractive, so that smell doesn't turn me on. But pheromones of all kinds totally do. Um, totally enjoyable. So we're gonna explore some other crazy, crazy philias, some more common ones. Um, and I'd love to hear from you. What turns you on? What is what are your tendencies? Let's let's see what Uh, your special feeling name is for the day and see what you can uh, identify with so that we can just destroy all identities so we can just be like hey I'm just turned on by the world it's great so you're listening to the pleasure zone here on Inspired Choices Network and we'll be right back after this commercial
0: are you secretly a voyeur wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives what if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Miliza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com.
1: Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Malitsa Yelenich is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek
0: at www.malitsayelenich. This is the Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Militsa Yanimich. To participate in the program today from the US, call 815-880-TALK. That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at com, Or send your questions or comments via email to info at com. Now, back to the program.
1: Hello, sweet pleasure seekers. Welcome to the Pleasure Zone. For those of you who are really turned on by this show, I would say that you probably have, like, radiophilia Or or let's be specific, Melitzophilia, and that's totally cool. That one has not been categorized yet, and uh, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time. For those of my avid listeners um, and those of you who would love to be avid listeners, it's Melitzophilia time. And it's okay. You don't have to have it become a disorder where it takes over your life. But it's okay if it does, because let's face it, it's a pretty cool thing to be fascinated by. And uh, if it hasn't taken over your life and it's just a tendency, I appreciate that too. That's really cool of you to just really enjoy um, enjoying me. I enjoy that you enjoy me. And I'm going to have a feel of you enjoying me, enjoying you, enjoying me. It's kind of like voyeuristic. It's very pleasurable thinking about that. So thank you. It's very fun. And I have some friends. I'm not naming names, but I have some friends who are like super turned on by all things that make like life easier with technology, and I would say that they're probably like technophiliacs because they get like super super aroused by that. So, you know, everybody's got their thing. What turns you on? What lights your? What lights you up? And what gets you going? Like, is it kissing? Are you a philomophilia? Or it's also could be a philomatophilia. I like. I just like saying things uh, with my really bad Greek versions of things. I don't speak Greek, even though you might think I do. Um, I fake it, and sometimes I fake it well, and sometimes my Greek friends laugh at me, and that's cool. Um, but I like it. And what's really weird, I like. I'm really enjoying looking at this philia list that goes on and on and on and on and on, and some of them are fascinating, like for example, being turned on by tuberculosis, like whoever thought that you could be like, but I I get it. I'm actually kind of fascinated by the fact that when I do see people come into my office that have diseases, and they absolutely love their disease, it's almost like the disease turns them on. So I'm wondering, are some of you out there, uh, people who are really turned on by, for example, disease? Are you turned on by poverty? It is like, does poverty just float your boat and you will love having no money and you just love talking about having no money if you do? And if that floats your boat and turns you on, you're either into peniophilia. That's what you're into. And it's cool. It doesn't make you wrong. It might be interfering with your life, though. Peniophilia and having poverty and getting turned on by that might be interfering with you having a more fun life or maintaining a job because if you maintained a job, you might receive more money so but if you love poverty you go for it go for it and if you're not affecting other people or harming people and it hasn't gone illegal for you then cool it's not going to stop you from it you know what else could you be you know totally turned on by you have no idea you name it it's got it's got a list in here um, some of the really f- kind of famous ones that are on the edge of um You know, dangerous are ones where you could be um, uh, suffocated to, you know, either some people get very turned on by being suffocated while either masturbating or being suffocated while um, having sex. So sometimes they'll have nooses involved or they'll try and they'll try and choke themselves while they're uh, stimulating themselves anything to kind of get like a sense of being alive, really. And so some of these things, um, like being turned on by being choked or being smothered is, uh, and I hope I'm getting this word right, but it, it's spelt very interesting. It's pinophilia. But there's, other words for it as well um, that are a little less difficult to say, and right offhand I can't remember the name of it, but I do know that there's a whole category of, of philias that involve people in um, suffocation. So those are pretty dangerous things to to play with, right? So again, if they're going to harm your body, um, just be aware that if they're going to harm your body, then you might want to question that, you know? Like, is that worth it? Is it worth dying over, you know, being suffocated? Just check. So what are, again, here's the question for you. What are some of the things that turn you on, get you going and arouse you? And maybe they're not things that totally preoccupy your life and distract you from living. Um, I have a lot of philias. I have a lot of tendencies and a lot of things that turn me on. They don't distract me from life and living. And one of my other philias is puppophilia. Puppophilia. Puppets. It's my love of puppets. And if you guys don't know that about me, then you're really new to this show. But I have totally have a thing for puppets. Um, Every once in a while, it gets awkward because my puppet shows go to um, extremely strange places. So... I get turned on by applying with puppets. Yes, I do. It's true. I really enjoy it. Like, my body gets really happy. I wouldn't say that I get orgasmic, but I get really happy um, to the point where I like, when I travel, I buy a new puppet wherever I go. It's my thing that I like to have to make me happy. <laughs> so, so there. I think... You know, when you really start to look at it, and if you are somebody who enjoys life in general, and life kind of turns you on, you're going to probably find that you probably have a few philias. And things like fire, a lot of people love sitting in front of a fire and it relaxes their body and gets them aroused. And, you know, there's some fundamental things about fire that help us feel like alive and life and death and destruction and all these intense feelings all at once. So uh, fire can be very much a philia for some people and being around fire or even having things ignited on or around them. Kind of look at like people who do fire swallowing and they probably get turned on by that and they would be pyrophilias. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they want to burn things down, but it's more that they get aroused by fire. Again, that one could go illegal. If you are getting turned on by lighting things on fire, could go illegal because you're lighting people's houses on fire, or buildings on fire, right? So again, it's like where is it crossing the line and where is it something you've done repeatedly and it has a really intense drive, and where it's something that, you know, you might feel that it's taking over your life, where, you you know, instead of going to work, you'd rather go burn a shed. That, if you have that going on, it's time to go to a psychiatrist. So they can do an evaluation and get you through that. But if you have paraphilias that are sort of fun and playful and things you want to explore, and you never really wanted to admit, now, I'm the girl to talk to I would love to talk to you about things that arouse you and you're not really sure about how to invite them into your life because you feel a little freaky deaky about it. You're like, why, oh, why do flower petals up my nose turn me on so much? And I'd be like, hey, it's cool. Let's work with that. What ways can you use that in your life? You know, whatever. There's always fun things that you can um, have in your life that are tendencies. Again, different than a disorder. So, what are some tendencies that you've been avoiding or neglecting that you that you actually know that if you started to play with them or even experiment a little bit with it would really invite more orgasmic energy into your life? It would have your body feel so alive, it would have you like feel like excited to wake up in the morning. Um, I haven't looked this up yet, but I'm going to look it up now. I get really excited about knowing things. Um, So I get really excited about feeling like I just learned something. And I've got to look that up because I'm just curious. The list is so, so long. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, But I might be able to find that by the end of this. Thinking. Let me see if it's thinking is under here. It's all weird because all the words start with Greek things. So I have to kind of go through the Greek words for... Whatever, I'm sure I'll find it. So one of the ones that's also really, really, really common, and I've done two shows on this specifically so far, is Urophilia, Being Turned On By Urine. And that has been one of my top-ranking shows of all times for the most listens. If you haven't listened to it, my very first episode was Golden Showers Bring May Flowers. And the next one was um, Urophilia, a Urination Fascination. So you can listen to either one of those. You can look them up on Inspire Choices Network. You can search for those uh, shows like Golden Showers. I think both of them have Golden Showers in their titles as well. So you can find those. But those are philias. And what other things that turn you on have you been ignoring? What things that turn you on have you been ignoring? You know, some people pray their whole lives and they think, oh, if I could just be with God, my life would be better, and the thoughts and thoughts of heaven, like, turn them on. I think my grandmother, who I am her namesake, she used to pray a lot, and she would always wonder why God wasn't taking her. She just wanted to be in heaven. I think on some level, she was turned on by heaven, and that would be a uranophilia. So, you know, it's kind of interesting, right? And, yeah, what what else, what else, what else? So many things. Um, There could be things that even have to do with temperatures or, um, you know, some people get really, really turned on by being made jealous or making somebody else jealous, and that would be zealophilia. So I think when you start to look at it, there are tendencies for so many things. That are become so 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 common. Um, that I think when you, you know, when you start to explore, you don't make yourself wrong for one, just it's more of curiosity. Like, hmm, I wonder what turns me on that actually wakes me up. Like, I know that puppets get me excited, and I was just playing puppets yesterday. and. Yes, I'm 44 years old and I still play with puppets, which amuses my daughter to no end and most other people who are around me who are like, oh my God, here come puppets. So what what turns you on, what gets you excited and what wakes you up? Maybe it's food, maybe it's wine, maybe it's company, maybe it's scrubbing floors, maybe you're totally turned on by cleaning. Like, What is your feeling? What's your tendency that wakes you up and gets you excited in the morning? And... Have you taken it too far? Is it something that you need some assist with? Is it something that maybe you need to see a psychiatrist over? Or is it something that's pretty darn fun and you would just like to have a little more invitation into that? And I would love to invite you to have a private session with me. So you can contact me either through my website, malitzajelnik.com, to have a little discovery fun play and it seems that I do sort of like laser coaching when it comes to sex and intimacy. So super fast, super hot, super intense quickies with me that open up your mind to exploration of all these kind of fun things you could be creating and choosing and having. So fun. So if you would like one, contact me. So through my website, com. Find me on a social media outlet like Facebook, message me, but tell me why you're messaging me or I won't answer you. Okay? So now you know. So uh, we're going to head to our next and last commercial break. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial.
0: Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Jelanić. To participate in the program today from the U.S., call 815 880 talk That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Or send your questions or comments via email to info at milicajelanić.com. Now, back to the program.
1: Hello, sweet pleasure seekers! Welcome back to the Pleasure Zone. We were just having a little conversation in the chat room, where uh, my producer and friend Rhonda, who's going to have an amazing show coming up in the next week. Um, I'm pretty sure it's going to get pretty, pretty sexy. And uh, to rendezvous with Rhonda coming up, starting next week. So be sure to find her show and tune into that. It's going to be. I I'm so aware of it. It's so exciting. I'm um, so glad to have her show back on on the network. Um, she had a different show before, and now she's having something that's very much more um, her. It's like she's just coming out coming out bold and strong. So it's very cool. So in the chat room, we were talking about some of the philias, and she said that um, in her awareness was that uh, the jealousy one is a very common philia. And I have to agree, and I think there's a level where – with some of these things, especially with the jealousy one, that there's this tendency that um, there's a few things that get going on with that. So it's like getting turned on by jealousy. Also, there's an aspect of being humiliated sometimes with that one. There are different things that are attached to those different philias. So there's many levels to it. Just like the pedophilia, pedophilia. There's uh, many things that are attached to that that are Uh, psychologically um, disturbing things like the person's, you know, there's probably narcissism involved and there's probably a lot of um, different biological reasons and different, um, you know, things that are maybe like antisocial disorders as well. So some paraphilias that, especially ones that are illegal or that might get you in jail, uh, have a lot of different personality disorders connected with them. And then there are some philias, for example, uh, like I was mentioning, like the jealousy one, and then the like desire to be humiliated. Or I think sometimes there's a level of, if you've gone through a lot of your own personal work and dealt with a lot of your emotional baggage, some of those philias no longer become disorders and then they can maybe they can start to heal. And that's just something I'm curious about. I'm not quoting anybody. I'm not quoting facts on that. But my awareness on it is that you could go from a disorder back to a tendency and all the way back to just maybe it's a curiosity and then maybe to where it's no longer an interest. Sometimes being able to work it out and find out what the root of why that is so exciting to you is then you can start to, um, you know, div- uh, the word isn't divulge it, but that's the word that um, is coming out of my mouth. You can start to um, sort of dissect it is, I think, more the better word. So a lot of these ones that are ones that would be considered disorders, there's usually... Stuff. There's usually a pattern of disturbed, like erotic arousal. Something might happen to you while you're being aroused. And there's usually a few things that are involved, like anxiety or an emotional trauma that interferes with your, your sexual development. So maybe you're masturbating and you get embarrassed. And that happens to you a lot. But then that's the one thing that turns you on because there's this connection and your mind is in a loop. So you just keep on going through that. And you can't get yourself out of that. Um, Sometimes also a pattern of arousal is replaced by another pattern. Sometimes um, different things will kick in to change the pattern of arousal. And then from being something that was, um, say for example, maybe you just got turned on by a thought about um, somebody touching you. Then all of a sudden something interfered with that pattern and then a new pattern gets in place where all of a sudden you only get turned on by thoughts of people beating you or kicking your balls, and maybe that goes on. So then, an, then another factor that comes in could be that um, that pattern of sexual arousal can often acquire like a symbolic or conditioning element. So, for example, like a fetish symbolizes an object of arousal, but it may have been chosen because the fetish was accidentally associated with sexual curiosity or desire or excitement, right? So, different things going on. And again, big difference between having a disorder and having a tendency. And I was just like really curious for anybody who's listening, what are your tendencies? What turns you on? Do you want me to look it up in the alpha dictionary for you? If you want to turn look it up in the alpha dictionary yourself. It's just kind of a fun dictionary. It's definitely not a diagnostic tool. The alpha dictionary. If you're looking for a diagnostic um situation, then definitely go to a psychiatrist or a doctor or a psychologist who can work with you to diagnose. If you're looking for treatment, this is not a show that um, is connected with the treatment of that. It's just more about the exploration of it. And also to have you all be aware that there are so many common things that turn us all on. And we all get turned on by so many things that to please not make somebody wrong if they're turned on by, you know, socks or something. I worked with somebody once who was like, he found the most erotic thing was big, fluffy socks. And so for him, it was white, actually, big, white, fluffy socks. And so, you know, maybe somewhere in his childhood, somebody had big, white, fluffy socks, and it was somebody who loved him very much. And now that's what he gets turned on by, is big, white, fluffy socks. So it doesn't make him a freak. It just makes that his tendency in his paraphilia so... What's yours, and what if it's not wrong? And if you do feel like you're going to extremes, please do seek um, professional assistance on that. But if you just like to explore things, find me anywhere. Have a great week. Until next week, stay tuned in and turned on.
0: Thank you for listening to The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Jelanić.